Ben. Yes. Hunters went off the rails again. He messed up our episode launching the other week, and I don't know what to do with him. Mm. I think we're going to have to call in someone again, even more strict than his mom. Wow. Who Let's we call Papaw. Ah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Papaw will set him straight. <sighs> to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does, with your hosts, Hunter, Jessica, Ben, and Dina. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things that he does. And yes, we are here around the table with Ben, Dina, my wife, Jessica, and my grandfather, Charles. <clears throat> Today is episode 35. We're talking about Christ alone, going through the solas, the five solas. Uh, we went through so many already. I know five is a long number. It takes so long to get there. This is only number three. I know. <sighs> <laughs> I think he's still off the rails. I reckon. <laughs> you know, the first time I heard about the solas, it was in The Sound of Music. Do, re, mi, fa, sola, tito. There you anyway, go. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been on the rail. That's probably true. I mean. You're under the bridge somewhere. That's right. Trolling. <laughs> wow. Who invited you? <laughs> Actually, you all did. Because I was, the original plan for this podcast was I was playing Mario Kart on the couch. And then third episode, I never left. See, that's where you went wrong. I regret my decisions. <laughs> So, let's talk about something else. What happened this week? You had a minister's interview. I did. This is what God did for me this week. Um, I had a minister's interview. I am upping my credential level from certified to licensed in the Assemblies of God. Uh, when you do that, you have to take a test. It's all about <coughs> polities. So, they ask you about governance and a whole bunch of fun stuff with bylaws and all that kind of thing. Past that, I got an 89%. I was pretty happy. Um, then this week I had my interview where you have to go before some people to ask you a bunch of questions, personal, theological, um, assemblies of God, political, <laughs> there we go. There's the word. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> big words. Ben. it's been a long day. Um, but yeah, and, uh, it was, it was really good. So it was cool because, um, with this one in particular, there were, there were new questions, but there were also repeat questions. And when I did my certified interview about eight years ago, um, they asked me a bunch of stuff that they, they had on this one. And I remember stumbling through them. I knew, for instance, what sanctification and some of those words were, but I didn't have a great just plow definition. Um, so it was really cool just to see um, that, you know, luckily God has progressed me from there to now. And I had answers for all those questions and and um, interview went really well. Um Big shout out, thank you to Pastor Chris and Pastor Wes for um, praying for me. Uh, man, Pastor Wes and, and Pastor Chris both they prayed for me a bunch, and uh, it was just it was really good. So it was a good time. Tina, what has God done for you this week? Um, to make a long story short, just helping 
make plans go smoothly mm-hmm. for at school, in life, in general. Just everything is like when I've needed to like schedule a sub, sub's been available. I've not had to go searching for one. It's been great. Gotcha. Huh. Pat, what has God done for you this week? Oh, let's see. Well, I've had uh, some surgery a couple of weeks ago, and um, I've been improving day by day. In this past week, the doctor said the way it looked that I wouldn't have to come back and see him, so everything looks good. That's what I'm talking about. That's impressive for an 80-year-old man. It is. I will, I'm not going to mark you off my prayer <laughs> list then, but I'm going to put you as prayer answered on the prayer list. If I tell there you go. That'll work. Hmm. Man, okay. <clears throat> so... This is, this is not, usually I have a pretty good one, but they're all pretty good, right? So this week, Ben and I recorded a podcast with Dina, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, last Thursday, no, when did we do that? Sunday? We did it Sunday. Sunday, yeah. And then uh, went and started building my daughter's playset, and I was stressing. I'm not good with power tools. And I, that was a drill. What did we call a drill power tool? I don't know. I mean, it's powered. I didn't even buy it. Like, it was a Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> so, but hey, we put it all together, and I did 98% of it myself. Yep. And. Is it still standing? Yeah. It looks wow. really good. I went out and looked at it. We've not had a lot of wind since. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, but she has jumped on it pretty hard. Yep. Yep. And it's still alive, so. That's right. And I only got mad and punched it, like, twice. So. Wow. <laughs> so. Patience. You anchored it into the ground, didn't you? Uh, not yet. Oh, okay. I'm actually still you waiting on your husband's help. Uh, I'm waiting on your husband's help for that. Yep. Speaking of anchor, <laughs> we should have an ad. <laughs> <laughs> so at this time, to check it out. Listen about how you should, you know, host your podcast with anchor and stuff. And go. We're back after that short break. Um, yeah. I don't know what I did in that break, but usually I do something. So, all right. <clears throat> now, you're thinking, I'm six minutes and six seconds into this podcast, and what have I learned? Well, nothing yet, but you will learn something great. <laughs> <laughs> I learned about our week. What are the objectives of this podcast episode, Hunter? Well, we're, as always, we want to honor God in things that he does. Yep. Well, the solas we've been going over again and again, and grace alone and faith alone are very similar. Right, so you are doing, uh, you're not saved by grace and merit, right? You're not saved by uh, God's gift plus something that's inside of you that God sees inside of you. You're saved by just his grace alone. You're not saved by faith plus works, not faith and your your exertion, as Romans 9 told us, not your human will or exertion. You're saved by just your faith alone. Um, Galatians 2 tells us that that is because you are saved by faith through or grace through faith so that no man may boast. Um, and we've gone down that rabbit hole. Well, today we kind of jump off the Ephesians 2 train. I know Ben's excited. Um, and we are diving more into, uh, we're going to sp- spread out throughout the Gospels and some of the epistles here and talk about being saved by Christ alone, not by Christ and the Eucharist, not by Christ and the confession, not by Christ and uh, Mary, but you're saved by Christ and his finished works at the cross alone. <sighs> I have to make that a point. Yep. Where my hope is found. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the big thing is, is like making sure that like nobody else can forgive sin. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do. No sacrificial. Uh, what are they called? Uh, sacrificial systems. Yeah, rituals. Mm-hmm. Right? Can 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 take away your sin. Only your faith in Christ alone can take away your sin. Mm-hmm. Right? You're justified by. Christ alone. I think Galatians says that 65,000 times. Mm. Your justification comes by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Uh, and then that point is, what, what does the Catholics believe with the Eucharist? They believe that the, every time you take that, it's the, the literal, that becomes the literal body and blood of And when you're Jesus talking about Christ. the Eucharist, what are you talking about? That's the communion, communion that yep. uh, uh, the Catholics take at their Mass. Yeah. And you have to be a member of their church to take that. You, you do, yes. And then they believe in, in what's called transubstantiation. So they believe that. That's a big word. Yeah. The uh, elements become the literal body and blood of Jesus. Yep. And it's re-atoning for your sin, right? It's like a new justification. You're putting, you're receiving Christ, his body, and his blood again. You are. But, I mean, there's also, there are other, other elements to that. Um, confession is one. Right. Um, they have a literal um, uh, penance where you have to, you know, say things, do things, whatever, so that you can pay for your sin because you have to pay penance. Um, That's what the beads and the cross, right? They walk around the sanctuary and pray. Right? Um, not necessarily. It can be a part of it, but usually it involves more like the saying um, the Hail Mary prayers and gotcha. Our Father prayers and then... That's usually what they count the beads for, though, because that's where the beads are there. Oh, they count. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then There's um, like five... Catholics that listen to this podcast like on a regular basis, so I know they're probably going to hit me when I get back to work. But yeah, I mean, and correct us if we're wrong, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, they're going to try to correct me on this whole podcast. But uh, the thing is, is that we, I, uh, and so many other, and the whole this reason the Reformation was really started, these solas, is that this is what we believe the Bible is tied with, especially through the New Testament, is that we are not saved saved by any ritual. Um, but we're saved by the final works of Christ alone. So, Dina, on our plan there, it says John chapter 1. Will you read 1 through 14 for me? Sure. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So who is the Word that became flesh? (laughs) Cool sound effect. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, so Jesus is the Word, right, that we see here, and he became flesh, dwelling among men. So in the beginning was Jesus. Another $5 theological word is called the Incarnation. Yeah. I was asked that on my interview. Yay. <laughs> so in the beginning was the, was uh, Jesus, and Jesus was with God, 
and Jesus was God. Mm -hmm. That's another way to read that. And so if you don't say, oh, well, the Trinity is not in the Bible, well, we see evidence of it here. You're just missing the Holy Spirit, but go back to Galatians, or Genesis chapter 1, you'll find it. Um, all things were made through him. Who? Jesus. And without him, nothing was made. So who's the creator? Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus is the triune being of God that created mm -hmm. the earth. A lot of people uh, don't know that. Uh, in him was life, and life was the light of men. What does that mean? In him was the light of man. Well, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, it pretty much tells us that, right? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, nor will it overcome it. Right. <clears throat> there was a man sent from God. His name was John. So this is talking about John the Baptist, mm -hmm. not John the writer of this book, we believe. Mm -hmm. um, he was not the light, but he was the prophet, right? That's what uh, Isaiah prophesies about a uh, herald to the king, right? The true light, was starting in verse 9, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Which is what? That is... That is resealing the redemptive plan of God in Genesis chapter 3, right? That, that's what started this whole shebang. Right? We came, we're, we're sealing this to become children of God once again, to be, have communion with his creation. <clears throat> and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus becoming incarnate, right? And we have seen his glory, glory as uh, of this only as of the only Son and from the Father, full of grace and truth. So there we see glory, which is next week's podcast. Glory of God alone. Mm -hmm. Why does God do anything? It's all for His glory, and His glory alone. Every good thing, every bad thing, gives God glory. In the end, one way or the other. So, any thoughts on John one? Yeah. There's tons of thoughts on John one. Yeah. It's a mind boggler. That was the ice maker machine. <laughs> There's all kinds of strange noises going on in the background this episode. <laughs> yeah, my my the big thing that sticks out to me on John one, other than the the Trinity at the beginning, is uh, verse twelve. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right uh, to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And so, yeah, I uh, I don't know. That just sticks out to me. Always has. Pat, anything? Well, verse 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. Uh, there was a changeover. When Christ came, we were no longer control. had to be under the strict curse of the law. You became under the grace that is in Christ, um, you know, grace being what unmerited favor. Right. We don't deserve anything. As a matter of fact, if we weren't Jewish, we were Gentile, and in, in the Old Testament, we were as dogs. We were outcasts. Yep. And we had no redemptive plan. Right. You weren't even allowed to go in the temple. 
No. So. But now we are made kings and priests. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that earlier. Because of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Alone. Alone. Right. Ben, you flipping your real Bible with real pages. Yep. I was just looking at uh, <laughs> verse 17. Just he, he talked about it, so it made me want to read it. Um, but yeah, it's verse 16, and, and we've already talked about grace, so I won't beat that one. But verse 16, just it does say, for from his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. Right. And then, as Pap says, for the law has given through Moses grace and truth. Uh, I'm sorry, for through for uh, the for from his fullness. There we go. We have all received grace upon grace for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. Yep. So. Yeah, just good stuff. I just wanted to read it just because it yeah. was so good. It, and it's, it is just the, mm-hmm. the point of God. It's interesting to me, and we, I was talking about this at work today in our Bible study, is that this covenant is different, mm-hmm. right? You understand the characteristic of God mm-hmm. um, and his, his plan of salvation when you understand the covenants. Yeah. When you understand, uh, and we really hone in on eight of the mm-hmm. of co- the covenants, right? Mm-hmm. Promises of of the patriarchs in the Old Testament, um, the covenant through Adam, Abraham, uh, Noah, all the way through Moses, right? Mm-hmm. And then you even have like sub covenants with David and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but the big one being the covenant with Adam, the covenant with Noah, or yeah, the covenant I, with Abraham, Abraham, yeah. uh, and the covenant with Moses, and then. Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. Noah was really a reiteration. Right. Um, the covenant with Abraham was really the one that stands. And then Noah was a reiteration. What was the other one you said? Moses. Moses. Well, yeah. And then Moses, Moses was, was the, the new one. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting. I think Pat taught me this when I was a little kid. Uh, everyone other than the Mosaic covenant was a grace covenant. Mm-hmm. It amplified some kind of grace between yes. God and man. And even with, and it changed with the Mosaic covenant. It was, hey, this is a, you do this, and now you get this. Not me just giving this to you. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to actually earn this yeah. because of, you know, everything that happened in Exodus. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> it's, it turned back to the grace covenant and with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He says, I, you don't have, it to do, have anything to do with this. I am d- taking control of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we was talking, and they was like, well, how, how does this actually work? I said, well, if you look in the Mosaic Covenant, it was, man, do this, and then you will become righteous. Mm-hmm. Right? You follow my 613 laws, be holy as I am holy, be perfect as I am perfect, and then you then can stand with me in righteousness. It's impossible. No man has ever done it except for one. That's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. See, he knew man would fail. He said, here you go, I'm going to give you this covenant. And man broke the covenant. Every covenant that has ever been given, except for the one of Christ, every covenant that was given with man, man broke. Mm-hmm. Man broke every covenant. Messed it up, screwed it up, spit on it somehow, some way. With Adam, they disobeyed, right? Abraham ended in... Did not do well. Technically, the Abrahamic covenants, there was no, there was no condition on the Abrahamic covenant. Right. For instance, I'm going to give you a child. That happened. There was no, I mean, technically, I guess even man screwed that one up too. Oh, we did. 100%. Um, but there was no, um, there wasn't as much of a condition with the Abrahamic but covenant. But we still screwed the covenant up with Ishmael. 
Yeah. And that's okay. True. Yeah. So I mean, we have a whole. I'm not even gonna say that on yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's filter. I don't have a filter, but it got caught that time. Mm. Uh, so man ruined every covenant between man and God. Mm. So God took the covenant in His own hands, and He said, "Listen, I'm gonna send my Son to die on the cross for people, right? Mm-hmm. That I issue this grace towards, and man can't break this covenant because it's the covenant between my perfect Son." He is going to be perfect. He's going to die a spotless lamb. And guess what? It is going to be between me and my son, not between me and man. Right? So that people who believe in him and trust in him will have eternal life. Alone. It's not him plus all the other covenants. Right? We see Christ. And I think it's in in one of our Bible verses coming up. He fulfilled the law. Didn't destroy it, but he fulfilled it. Mm -hmm. So it's not both. Law and grace mix like oil and water. <clears throat> First Timothy two five, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as ransom for all, uh, which is his, the testimony given at the proper time. For this I appointed a preacher and apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles faith and truth. So he's saying Christ is the mediator. That's the whole reason I just went through the covenant talk. Christ came to do what? Be the mediator between God and man. Mm-hmm. Something that man could not do for themselves. We could not mm-hmm. meet with God. So we had to have a mediator. We had to have a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. In a sense, an advocate with the, the justness of God. We had to have a, a payment for our sins. Mm-hmm. See, it's not a... I th- John Piper says this, and I really like it. Um, it's not a a bill, like Jesus didn't pay the bill and then send us a bill, like, hey, you owe me for this. It's a receipt. This is paid in full. Yeah. It's a, it's a recogniza- recognition of it being paid in full. You don't owe this anymore. I paid it all for you. Thoughts? Yeah. That's why we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Right. Because of the seal the guarantee that he paid it. Um, that That's what the Holy Spirit is, right? And so that's why we are sealed um, is because it is a, a proof. It is a way to see that Jesus paid our sins. Mm-hmm. Yep. Galatians 2.20. Dini, you want to read that? Sure. <clears throat> I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So, Pat, take that one. Uh, Christ and the law and how that works. And- well, the law was perfect in itself. And we had to live up to that, or the Jews had to live up to the perfection of each commandment, Mm -hmm. which was impossible. Man could not live up to those those rules. As a matter of fact, I think it was uh, in Exodus when when the Mosaic, the Ten Commandments were given. uh, The people were. Just Moses had his hands full. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was trying to lead 
a bunch of goats around basically <laughs> yeah and yep. they were just always <laughs> complaining Stupid just uh, <laughs> i mean they were never satisfied with anything mm-hmm. they were crying out for water god gave them water they were crying out for bread god gave them bread they were crying out for meat god gave them meat mm-hmm. but they were never satisfied and when when moses finally got fed up and said what would you have me to do what do you want me to do when i meet with god what he says and the elders came and said whatsoever god commands that we will do they did it in an arrogant manner Mm -hmm. they were very arrogant about it so god said okay moses come on up here but you tell the people Anybody touches this mountain, mm-hmm. their goats, their sheep, their cattle, they'll die. Yeah. Nobody had died up to that point. They had been 38 years in the wilderness, and nobody had passed away. Yep. They were just going in circles. Yep. Not even their clothes wore out, right? Their clothes and shoes hadn't even worn out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's not Walmart clothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) He goes up on the mountain. He's gone for an extended period of time. And he doesn't even a bit more than get out of sight. They're telling Aaron, the high priest, his brother, hey, we don't know what happened to this dude. Mm -hmm. We need something to worship. What does he do? Makes a golden calf. He does. Who would worship a cow? <laughs> well, it was a reference back to an Egyptian god. Yep. Yeah. He takes their Egyptian jewelry that yes. they, the Egyptians had they, given them. They took from the Egyptians. Yep. And he makes them a golden calf. And when he comes back off the mountain the first time with the first set of commandments, mm-hmm. he sees what's going on and the people see him. Mm-hmm. And how many was it fell dead? 3,000? 3,000 people fell dead. I don't think it was because of the wrath of God. They read the first commandment. What does it say? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Mm. They had already broke the first commandment. Mm. And they died. Mm-hmm. Moses, you know, you see the... The Ten Commandment movie when I believe it's Charlton Heston <laughs> yeah. throws, he gets angry and throws down the Ten. No, he did it to save the people from dying. I believe. Hmm. Never thought of thought. it that way. Yeah, I I would say that I think it is the wrath of God that did that. Well, the first commandment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what's interesting <clears throat> is that it is a direct picture of what we're talking about. Uh, God breaks. Or uh, the Ten Commandments are there. Three thousand people fall dead. This is the start of the new covenant, right? Mm-hmm. Of that time. Yes. What is the start? What is the very first big time somebody's around in the New Testament and then with the new covenant of Jesus Christ? It's Pentecost. Yep. How 3, many people? Three thousand get saved. Three thousand yeah. people get saved at the start of the new covenant. Yeah. So you have three thousand people fall dead. Under the law. Under the law. But under the covenant of grace, you have 3,000 people get saved. Delivered, for, yes. For eternal life. Mind blown. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just shows you the difference, right? When, when man is in charge, death, sin, and destruction takes over. When God's in charge, when God is the head of the covenant, salvation is the purpose. You know, Jesus was walking around 
you know, him and his disciples, they were going around and it was, uh, it, the, the people were just so, the Jews were just so against him. Mm -hmm. They, they were constantly, you know, bringing things up and, and, and trying to slam him and, and do things to him. And, uh, the law was so perfect that Jesus one time told him, said, he said, you know, he said, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. And he said, well, if you just look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. Well, they said, what? Yep. You know, mm -hmm. who can be saved? Yep. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's the answer. I yep. mean, he, you know. The, the Jews, they, they tithed everything. They said they would even tithe the little mint leaves that grew around their houses. <laughs> yeah. They would tithe everything. But did it profit them anything? Mm. Mm. No. They were just so hard and so calloused. And, you know, but Jesus brought in, I mean, he brought in love and, and you know, he, he showed people that were unlovable. Yeah. That the people, the the Jews looked down on people, and as they would go through their daily lives, they would go around and not not have anything to do with these people. Jesus went right to them. Mm -hmm. You know, they, that was one of the big accusations against him. Hey, he's eating with sinners. Yeah. So yeah. Un, under the law, righteousness came by two two ways, right? either killing the the sacrifice for a year you were you were made right mm -hmm. with God or you either attained the law did all 613 which nobody ever did um, how under the new covenant of Jesus Christ of grace are we made righteous through faith through faith and through yeah faith in Jesus Christ right Galatians says mm -hmm. that alone uh, righteous, you are righteous by having faith in Christ Jesus. And even here in Galatians 2.20, it says, if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. And it says there's no, under, no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. Mm -hmm. yeah. there's, that's, there's, that's actually our next Bible verse, of Acts 4.12, and there is salvation for no one else, for there is or through, there is salvation in no one else, for uh, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Ben filled that one. That was yours you wanted to throw in there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing to say about that. It is exactly what it says. Um, well, it actually le uh, leads us into John 15, 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, right? Yep. He is the true vine, mm -hmm. right? Not uh, Buddha, not yep. Muhammad, mm -hmm. yep. not any Hindu God, right? We can go visit their graves. Mm -hmm. You can't go visit Christ's grave. There's nobody there. You can, we know, think we know where it's at. We think we know where uh, his body was laid to rest for three days. Uh, but you can still visit the other people's graves and their skeletons are still there. Mm -hmm. Christ is not, right? He is the one that came and died and rose again and is now seated to the right hand of the Father. There's one true God, mm -hmm. and it's him. Well, and let's say for just a minute that there is a, a God out there that claims to have never died and to be eternal, right? 
doesn't matter. The point is still the same in Acts 4.12. Regardless, it's their salvation and no one else, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if, if they believe that they never died. There's still salvation no one else, and it is Jesus, and that's it. It is, I think it's imperative to think that <clears throat> there is one truth. You know, that, that's very prominent today. Uh, we hear this on uh, left-wing news sources and everything. It's my truth. Well, my truth says this. Uh, there's not. There's one truth, and there's salvation and no one else, right? So if I said I was Muslim, well, my truth is through Muhammad and his teachings mm -hmm. to get to Allah. Well, why is that true? Well, it's my truth. You can have your truth, right? And I can have my truth. That's what people say. But there's one truth. That's my pet peeve, by the way. I, it's, there's one truth. The Bible is truth. It's never been proven wrong. Um, and everybody in the world has tried to prove it wrong. People hate it because it's truth. Truth divides. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Truth divides. That's why I uh, was talking about this again today at work. And it was a pastor who says, I just don't know how. He, he was getting kind of nervous because some people, some people in his churches, is prosperity go, uh, doctrine, right? They, they believe in the prosperity doctrine. He says, it's just not biblical. It's just not in the Bible. He goes, I don't know how to stand there and, and preach against this. He goes, people are going to leave. Over half my church will leave. And I said, let them go. <laughs> yeah. he, he looked at me like he was flabbergasted. What did Jesus do? Right. I said, preach Thank truth, you. preach the Bible. Mm -hmm. the, Bible the, the Bible says that his word does not come back void. Right. In the book of Acts, it said that God added to the church daily, mm -hmm. not by tickling of the ear. The disciples didn't add to the church. It wasn't by their fluent speech, but God added to the church daily. Mm -hmm. So when you preach truth, it will divide. You will have people leave. People will quit being your friends. People will quit talking to you at Thanksgiving. People will leave your church. But if you preach truth and truth alone, then you're going to have people leave, but God will add to your numbers. Yeah. Just like he did in the original church. Yep, Jesus makes this really weird statement, um, and we call it weird. It was uh, in the book of John where he tells people um, that they're going to have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Yes. And when that happens, the crowds that were following Jesus all disperse. They all go to their own devices, and Jesus looks at the 12, and he says, aren't you, basically, aren't you going to leave as well? And they say, where are we going to go? You have the very words of life. Peter, yeah. Yep. Does that not sound like the Eucharist? Sure. I mean, it, it is. That, that is that's the their, That's their ar argument, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that he told us to do this. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do this. I mean, yeah. But it's not. It's just, man, it's just bread. <laughs> it's, it's just, that's all it is. It's like a wafer. Yeah. Well, either way, regardless of what you believe about it, the point is Jesus makes the statement they all leave. Does Jesus run after the crowd? He does not. What he does is he goes to the 12 and he asks them the exact same question. Are you going to leave as well? And what does the disciples say right after that? They Where would we go? They, well, he says, yeah, they were among us, but they were never among of us. us. Yeah, of us. They were among us, but never of us. It's a very interesting thought process. It's like, hey, church, stick together. You know, you got, to, you got to your core that, you know, God has called people to you. Preach the truth. People will be added on. People will go away. 
but the core truth is there and stick by it. Don't let numbers. Jesus had 12 followers. I see this all the time. It's a very popular quote. Jesus had 12 followers. Hitler had 12 million followers. Who was right? Christ you know, was right. Right, uh, right after that, uh, Peter made that statement, you know, where will we go? You know, you have the words of life. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, uh, just a few passages on. Jesus begins to expound and, and tell them about what's going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. And he begins to tell them that he has to go to Jerusalem and be crucified. And on the third day, he would rise. And Peter began to rebuke him. Yeah. Peter, being this this uh, fisherman who the other younger disciples all looked up to, he was kind of their core leader other than Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. They looked up to Peter. And Peter began to take Jesus aside and say, no, not so, Lord. That's not going to happen to you. And what did Jesus say to him? Get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah. I mean, he, called, yeah. He, yeah. he called Peter Satan. I mean, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just Jesus is uh, the, it's so easy to get, Think that you have it something right, and it's so easy then to let something influence you or Satan influence you to go completely off track. And that's what Peter was starting to do. He was going to go completely off the track because Jesus had to die. Mm-hmm. Yep. He knew. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't forced into anything. Right. He said, "I lay my life down willingly." willingly. Yep. And that, and that's you know Peter was trying Satan was trying to influence Jesus through Peter, mm-hmm. not to go to the cross. Yeah. Because Satan knew if Jesus goes to the cross, you know, with my, you know, yeah, I'm my done. Kingdom's done. Yeah, right. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, that was the primary temptation of Satan to Jesus in the wilderness, and then again, like yes. you said, through Peter. Over and over and over, because, right, Satan knows my kingdom's over when this happens. Yeah, and Peter was Jesus' right-hand man. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter, James, and John, they were the three top guys out of the 12. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's funny how, you know, Satan can, he can very easily, if we're not very careful, we can see things in a wrong light and think we're doing the right thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, we have to examine it to make sure that it is the right thing because we can be right. tricked. Yeah. Paul says even the yeah. elect can be deceived, yeah. right? Even Peter yes. was deceived in that moment. Yeah. So yeah. you got to be really careful. A wrong teaching, a wrong doctrine will, can take you far, you know, Yeah, it can away. take you away from Christ instead of mm-hmm. toward him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good warning for church people. Did we read John 14? I can't remember. We haven't got yeah. that. Okay. Dina, read that for me. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Right. So, <clears throat> I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Where's the Father? Where, where's his location? Heaven. Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody gets to him. Afterlife, salvation, 
except through me. So is there another way? No, there's not. You can't be a good person, right? You hear that all the time. Well, I, I just believe if I'm a good person, that's how I'll make it. I'm sorry to tell you. This. People's like, well, I don't like the Bible. It's offensive. It can be offensive mm-hmm. to people who are not believers, Yeah. right? You will not make it if you are mm-hmm. not in Christ Jesus. Yeah. You can be as good as you want to, right? What does Matthew tell us? That, Lord, I even did all these mighty works in your mm. name. I cast out demons in your name. Gave all my worldly goods. Right. In your name. And God says, depart from me, you doers of lawlessness, for I never knew you. I never knew you. Not that, hey, I knew you one time. I never knew you. Your heart was never mine. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. He's saying, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't mean you can give all your water away. You can give the church all your money. Give it all your time. At the end of the day, you can serve everybody as, as I've called you to serve. At the end of the day, if I am not truly in your heart, depart from me. You doer of lawlessness. I never knew you. And so there's no other way mm-hmm. to go to heaven except through Christ Jesus alone. It's not, it's not this and that. It's not a quid pro quo, right? I'll do this for that. Yeah, that goes back to uh, Nicodemus having his conversation with Jesus in Third uh, John. Where he was, he was secretly, because he was a, a part of the, I guess the Sanhedrin court of the uh, Pharisees, yeah. and he he believed, and but he was meeting with Jesus secretly, and Jesus told him, "You must be born again." Mm-hmm. And he said, well, "Now well, wait a minute, how am I going to be born again? Yeah. You know, go back in my mother's womb? How's that possible?" He said, "No." That which is flesh is flesh, but spirit, you must have a spiritual rebirth. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have it in their head, yeah. but their heart's never been changed. Yeah. See, it's it's conversion of the heart. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect. The Bible says we should strive for perfection, but... Yeah. As far as obtaining perfection in this world, you'll never obtain perfection. Mm-hmm. We have to have a Savior. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus came and died for us. Yeah, mm. Yeah. and ending, ending this off, I, I want to say, why did Christ come, right, at the end? And I, I think going back to the conversation with Nicodemus, John chapter 3, um, one of my favorite Bible verses come from this. It's not John three sixteen, but it falls right after it. But we'll start in 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life. For God did not send him son, send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. For whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. That is the point of why Christ came, to save the ones Mm -hmm. who believe, because God loved the world. That's the point. Mm -hmm. And the ones who do not believe, they were condemned already beforehand. 
Yes, true. That is the point of why Christ mm-hmm. came. So, yeah. any other thoughts before? Well, let's just do the last 10%. Dina, last 10%. Well, my last 10% kind of goes along with that song that some people may know. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is the light, my strength, my song. If we look to him, we're unstoppable. Unstoppable. (laughs) Ben? Uh, Come back to me. I got to look up a Bible verse real quick. (laughs) All right. Pat? Okay, what's the question? What's the the, (laughs) summarization? Last 10%. Okay. Uh, Christ. I mean, you know, if without Jesus, we have no hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as simple as that. Uh, Jesus, you know, he, God sacrificed his son. Jesus was, me and Ben were talking about this before the podcast. In the Old Testament, the, they had to examine every sacrifice to make sure they were presentable, to make sure they were good enough to be sacrificed. Jesus came, lived, walked on this earth for a little over 33 years and proved that he was a perfect sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never committed a sin. Mm-hmm. And when he was brought before the court, they examined him. Pilate had him examined and he found, he said, I find no flaw in this man. Mm-hmm. He was the perfect sacrifice for sin. Yep. And you know, that's, that's, that's what we have to have. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's just amazing. I've never put the two together. Yeah. I hadn't either. <clears throat> ben. So my, my last 10% was, um, one of Pap's verses he was talking about before we did the podcast too. Um, it's Hebrews nine starts in 11. It says, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? In other words, again, if the blood of bulls and goats could have done it we didn't need a savior right but hebrews says that jesus did that he was the sacrifice once for all so that we could have life and that that is what it's all about and so that's my last 10 percent. my dog is trying to get in on the last 10 percent <laughs> um the last 10 percent for me is is galatians 220 right mm-hmm. It is at the main end. It says, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if, ri- for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for nothing. <clears throat> if you think you are good enough to make it to the afterlife without Christ Jesus in your heart, then you are saying that Christ died for no, no purpose. Right? Blasphemy. You are saying... That Christ, I do not need him. I reject him. I can do it on my own. And that is the natural pride of man. Mm -hmm. When you read the Bible and you understand the Bible, it breaks your pride. Mm -hmm. Christians cannot be prideful. 
It is one of the greatest sins, one of the original sins of the Christian faith. You cannot be prideful. To realize that I need somebody else is hard for any of us, right? And especially the American culture, individualistic culture. I don't need anybody. I think of the show Everybody Hates Chris. I don't need this. My man has two jobs. Um, But it's the same thought. I don't need this to follow this rule book, right? I can do this on my own. Well, Paul says easily, then you believe Christ died for no purpose. And that is ridiculous. Stupid cheat. Um. That is my last 10%. Just to remember, hey, there is a purpose in which Christ died for. It is to make you righteous if you believe in him. And belief, I've said this, I think, before. I can't remember if it is in the glory of God or here. I lost track. Easy beliefism is the worst doctrine that's been preached in the modern-day church. All I have to do is say a prayer when I was seven years old in Sunday school, right? And never worry about it again. Never go back to church. Never do anything. Easy beliefism isn't it. Belief means to trust in, to walk in, to follow, live accordance to you. You have to live in accordance with Christ. Walk, follow him. Be a disciple, right? You got to walk with him, follow him. They didn't just believe and go back home to their and live their everyday life. They gave up their life and lived with him and walked with him for three and a half years. And then after his death... Still did the same thing. Went and not didn't go back to their old life. They lived for Christ until their death. They were murdered, by the way. Mm-hmm. Didn't go back to their old life to be All buried. Yep. Yeah, to be buried. Yeah, everybody but John. Uh, to be buried in their family cemetery, right? They were killed and murdered. And tragic deaths. Mm-hmm. Everybody but John. John was favored. <laughs> they tried to do away with John. Oh, yeah. yeah. Multiple times. Yep. But so. Jesus said that he was the one. The only one. Right. Yeah. Bold him at all. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think I'd much rather die. <laughs> at some point, <laughs> I think death sounds great. Can you imagine how ugly John was, by the way? Oh, they man. They just bold him at all, and he's like, hey. People are like, oh, my gosh. I'll do whatever you want. Just please leave me alone. I mean, you're yeah. starving on, uh, what is it? Patmos. Isle of Patmos, yeah. yeah. So, I mean. Ugh. All right. So, Hunter's random question. Hunter's random question. All right. So, it's simple. It is simple. Is it simple? <laughs> is I feel it? like it's not. Wait, what is it? It's simple. It's simple. But wait, there's more. It's easy, Ben. Don't worry. Okay, I'm ready. So, as long as you read your Bible, you'll be fine. Oh, gosh. It's easy, man. Okay. I just want to know, what is your favorite book of the Bible and why? Oh, yeah, I had to answer this for my, my interview. Dina, ladies first. <sighs> uh, I like the book of Galatians. Hey, why? So, why? Why? Uh, just because it's awesome. And my Bible, my Duh. favorite. Bible? Your Bible? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> my favorite Bible verse is in Galatians, Galatians one ten. What is it? Um, hang on, if no. you have to Google your favorite Bible verse. Well, I can almost say it, but I just feel wrong if I don't say it verbatim. <laughs> I just feel wrong. So, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Hang on, hang on, hang on. That, and I know it in King James, but not uh That's okay. ESV. You can quote it in King James. 
Well, Hunter says I can't. I didn't. The King Jimmy is when a great you, version. The King Jimmy. King Jimmy. <laughs> when have you ever listened to me, first off? Second. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> when it benefits me. Um, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Mm. So. I'm actually preaching on that eventually. Hey, there eventually. you go. Ben? My favorite book of the Bible uh, has to be Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a short minor prophet, three chapters, I believe it is, of awesomeness, where it starts with, God, why do bad things happen? Don't you see? And God goes, basically, shut up. Don't you understand? You don't understand. You couldn't understand if I explained to you what I was doing. But I'm doing this new thing. And if God had finished the sentence, he would have said, and it's called Jesus, and you're going to love it. But, yeah, that, I love Habakkuk. That is my favorite book. Yeah. Pat? Um, I think maybe the book of Acts, it, uh, where it tells this, you know, the story of Paul, uh, the missionary journeys he took, and it, you know, it, it speaks of his conversion, how Paul was killing Christians or consenting to have them killed, and it talks about Stephen, the martyrdom of Stephen. Mm-hmm. But I think the book of Acts really is my favorite book. Man, I am I, I get so torn. It depends on which way the wind's blowing for me because it's I'm Romans. I'm going to say Ephesians. <laughs> <laughs> I hear him quote it all the time. It's or actually Romans. not. That's actually the third. Uh, Ephesians is my third. Romans is my usually my Romans, one. yeah. I, yeah. Ben, when I first met Ben, I was on my, my three-year study of Romans, like yes. verse-by-verse study of Romans, um, which is where I get most of my theology, uh, <laughs> as he rolls his eyes. Um, but I am torn because one cha- oh, there's two chapters in Galatians that I, just, I love so much. And this chapter one, because he's saying, hey, there is a true gospel that I've preached to you. And if anybody else on this world, and even if an <laughs> angel comes down and preaches to you a different gospel, it'll be accursed. And then I like when he yells at Paul in chapter three, or Peter in chapter three, telling him he's a hypocrite. So it makes me feel kind of good. Um, but Romans is my favorite by far because I feel like it's the constitution for today's church. It tells us, how this church should operate in a sense and for other reasons, but I won't get into it or Ben will yell at me. Um, so yeah. I won't yell at you. I just disagree thoroughly. In a very loud Hardly. voice. And with a finger. Hardly. <laughs> Probably. Yes. Not that finger. <laughs> no, not that finger. <laughs> We're Christians, Dina. We don't need those fingers. Well, I didn't know. I thought I would just, you know, they can't see which way uh, Hunter's gesturing. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought about that. I didn't either. I didn't think. I work with that. middle schoolers. Of course, I have to think that way. That's so true. I can't even. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this chaos. <clears throat> but remember, you're saved by Christ alone. <laughs> sorry, for some reason I thought you were going to say. But remember, you should spay and neuter your pets. And I don't know. Like I was, we were. I was. I've been watching too much. Uh, Price is Price right. Price is right. Yeah. Uh, um, no, uh, but remember. So go back and just stop. Sorry, it. I'm trying. Um, go back and listen to the other reeditions of the Altered Podcast. Our, my grandfather has been on here once with my mother talking about addiction and uh, the epidemic of addiction. I think is what that is called. Uh, and I can't remember what episode that is. It's like 20. 30, I believe. Oh, it's 30. Look at that. He yeah. knows. So episode 30, it's doing really well. Um, 
And the next episode is by the glory or is about the glory of God alone. And we talk about the next Sola. And after that, we finish our last Sola scripture alone. We'll be talking about why the Bible is what the Bible is, saying that it is the truth and it's the word of God. And how do we know that? Mm-hmm. And that's where all of our theology and hope lies. So. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to join us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.